0: Lock, talk radio It's time for the get ready show. Best in pro wrestling talk. And that's the bottom line. The first song That This right here is the future of wrestling.
1: And it begins.
2: Good evening to everybody out there in the world. In wrestling land, you've tuned into The Ken Reedy Show. The best in pro wrestling talk. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here to get you set for Monday Night Raw this evening as we're smack dab on our way to Night of Champions. Go check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Again, that's Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Like us. Get involved with the chat on the page. Get on there. Lots of stuff going on. If you want to get on the chat because we've got a show chat going on right now. We'll have a raw chat later on. So join up on the Facebook and like us on Facebook and then join in the conversation. If you want to just talk with us tonight, we want to hear your opinion on things. 347-838-9815. That is the call in number. Give us a call. Let us know what you're thinking about the world of pro wrestling. You can check us out on Twitter. At The Ken Reedy Show is our handle on the Twitter. And as always, you can check us out on our website, thekenreedyshow.com. Blogs, bios, you know, all the good stuff that just, you know, websites and uh, uh, the Internet, you know, has out there. So you want to check out our website. Again, it's thekenreedyshow.com, And we're here to, to kind of sift through what's going on uh, this the muddy waters a bit, muddy waters as we swim our way towards Night of Champions, and to kind of help me muddle through all this, as always, my tag team partner on the line, Dave. How you doing this evening?
1: As usual, I'm ready to rock and roll, strut and stroll, slam and jam, hang and bang when it comes to talking wrestling here on the Ken Reidy Show. However, I'm going to need a goddamn life preserver with what I'm, what we're about to discuss if we're going to keep swimming towards Night of Champions. And the, the the malarkey that was shown last week on Monday Night Raw, I, I'm I I was drowning as I was watching it. Like I I was and normally I'm very upbeat and positive, and I'm not like every other wrestling podcast out there that rips the product, but continues to still watch it. But today a, a, a ripping is due for 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 what took place on Monday Night Raw last week.
2: Agree. I mean, I don't think it's any small. Event that you actually use the word malarkey And that might be a first for us But uh, malarkey is is a kind way of putting it through And you're right Dave I mean we're First and foremost we're fans That's why we do this And we really We do our best To keep it positive on the show However Yeah um it, It's funny man Because I've, I've kind of felt like Over the course of the year That you know you could nitpick here and there, but I think the WWE has done a decent job. WrestleMania was really good, um, and I think they did a nice job with you know the man Daniel Bryan going down with an injury um, and having to scramble and put some stuff together. I thought SummerSlam was very good. However, it, it's almost like they hit they hit a roadblock. They just got to a point where. Uh yeah, we got ourselves to SummerSlam and like oh god, what do we do now? What do we do? We hire Jerry Springer. Holy cow! Um yeah, uh, not good, not good on on any level. Uh, it wasn't even bad in a like a good bad where you could kind of just chuckle at it. It was just a, it was bad bad. It it was really difficult. And again, I go back to that whole. You know, when you try to bring new wrestling fans in and, you know, now that it's Monday Night Football, we have Raw on at the Peppermill South, but however we don't get sound until football season's over. But it's still on on a TV. And just watching it uh, without sound was, was, was bad. And it's like people in the bar looked over and they're like, oh, my God, what are they doing? It's like, yeah, I know. And it's almost like one of those moments where, yeah, I'm a wrestling fan, but I, I don't—not really. Like I, I didn't want to admit it. Um, and and because of this show, I I, I wasn't fortunate, you know. Most if I could have been a wrestling fan spared uh, from the audio, but no, because I do the show. I'm like I have to go back and I have to watch it with audio, so I had to sit through it twice. Um, you know, this the sister versus sister angle. It had potential. For me, it's not working. The Springer thing was, uh, to me, fairly lame. Um, bringing the younger brother in, eh, I, you know, just, I, I don't know. There, there really wasn't much of that segment that I liked e- even a little bit. Uh, I, you know, no, I know, I think, Dave, you're coming from, at it from the same place. Uh, your thoughts on, on the, the, the Bella segment?
1: Uh, I, I am definitely coming at it from the same place with you, but I'm not going to be as nice. And excuse my language for saying this, but that segment fucking sucked. Plain and simple, okay? There was nothing nice about it that I'm, that I'm going to display in this little bit of a rant regarding that segment. And let me backtrack for a second here, because they keep replaying on every Raw Rewind the, about the Bella segment. They get more FaceTime than John Cena does, and the Internet will probably go crazy that I just said that, but it's the truth. It, uh-oh, the internet, oh, I feel it, I feel the rumbling. Anyhow, you know, a couple weeks ago they had, you know, the has come out, they got them involved now in the Divas title, you know, picture with Paige and AJ, and that storyline's been pretty solid so far, trying to figure out which one's the crazier one of the two. I've kind of been a little bit intrigued with that storyline, but now they've thrown these two bad actresses in. I, I mean, come on. Really? Like, you're going to put them in the title picture? What warranted Nikki Bella getting a Divas title shot? Okay, yes, she helped Stephanie McMahon. But to be quite honest with you, I I said this from the beginning, and I will stick by it. This storyline needed to work if it wasn't so much about my sister and I'm jealous of her and she took my boyfriend and instead if they turn this into well they forced me to do this so that John couldn't get hurt too bad against Brock Lesnar that would have made much more sense that would have been more believable but this Jerry Springer stuff oh my god I wish I had to use the bathroom at the time during that segment because I I, I couldn't I, I couldn't bear it and the segment that when they got these girls involved in the week before with the with the, the, the Divas championship and she tells her to quit and then she's going to quit and Nikki goes you're such a quitter you're chast you know she's they're chastising she's chastising her for being such a quitter I was like are you kidding me you're getting what you want now you're going to go she's a terrible actor i honest to god like i i used to enjoy watching the bells because they had somewhat decent storylines but now this is just stupid and springer you know, yes, I knew it was going to be a little hokey with him, but my God, if you're going to get knocked down, sell an ankle injury for Christ's sake! You know, don't look like you're you're just sitting there on a stretcher having a good time. Like, at least play the part for Christ's sake! You know, that segment was just terrible. The commentating was awful. The girls were awful. Springer was awful. They bring the brother out. The brother, oh, forget the parents are on the video screen. The whole thing fucking sucked. I can't say nothing nice about it. It was awful. And, and to be quite honest with you, if they put these girls on tonight in their own segment and they waste time and go to commercial break, it's say like coming up in, in two hours, we're going to have the bell, I swear to God, I will leave the room. I will leave the room. And I'm normally not this passionate about a girl segment, but honest to God, this was just awful. Nothing nice about it whatsoever. And for those of you that are listening right now and you want to call and agree with me, thank you. Thank you very much because you know what? I can't I, – uh, honestly – I'd rather watch TNA right now than watch that. And TNA sucks.
2: Yeah, you know, you brought up a lot of good points. I mean, you know, one of the things that was, you know, it's one thing to be bad, and and you're right. The other thing is it's bad, and it's taking up a huge percentage uh, of the screen time on Monday Night Raw. You know, it's, you know, it's like it's one thing, like sometimes you can have something that's bad, but if it's short, It's like, all right, you know what, that wasn't good, but at least they kept it short and sweet. Um, You know, this is bad and drawn out. The acting is bad. Um, You know, you're right. There's just nothing good uh, to say about it, and I'm not looking forward to to this continuing. I actually would love for them to just kiss and make up and just pretend it never happened. I I mean, it's just gotten to that point where um, you know, it's just it's annoying to watch, and you know it's interesting because you know you brought up that the acting is so bad, and and it's it's weird that like they, they are both bad actresses. I mean you know they're not good at the promo work, and and they're 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 using their verbal skills to facilitate this storyline. And you know we talked about it on the show, and it was kind of you know we thought you know keeping uh, the Bellas in, in the foreground helped in a, kind of an indirect way. Keep Daniel Bryant in uh, uh, The forefront of our minds But it's, it's just right now it's, it's just not good And it's taking up way too much time And you know it's leading to like The overall picture where You know I'm not saying there's not going to be some decent matches And it's funny man as I'm talking about You know how bad the segment is Right now on the WWE Network uh, They're playing uh, The Bret Hart Heart and Soul uh, documentary and they're showing footage of Brett and and Bulldog from uh Summerslam 92 which is just an incredible match just just both ends of the spectrum as we're talking about last night's raw and out of the corner of my eye I'm watching this match so let's put things in perspective here um I'm not excited about Night of Champions and as as bad as the Springer segment was um we got a segment from Cena and Heyman and not it, it it wasn't nearly as bad, obviously, as the Springer segment, um, but it didn't wow me either. It, it was an okay segment, um, but I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm actually having a difficult time getting excited about this rematch.
1: yeah, I am too, and uh, and I think the reason why is because I just don't like how and, and i will I'm going to agree with the internet. I think they've they've booked John Cena too strongly coming out of SummerSlam. The, the, the rumors I've heard is that Vince McMahon has been really adamant with the creative team about making sure that Cena is made to look like an equal going into this rematch with Lesnar because of the beating that he took at SummerSlam. And I just don't think that that was believable. I don't even think, to be quite honest with you, that they should have had the rematch in the first place. I really don't. I think that he should have sold this beating enough that maybe he was off TV for a month. Or that, you know, the idea that they came up with a few weeks ago where he was you know, advertise for the pay-per-view, but he can't perform early on in the match, and they have to take him out, stretch him out, and then they bring somebody in to replace him midway through the match to kind of get viewers to buy the network, you know, the following night where they talked about it on Raw. I thought that that would have been a better approach, or that maybe, you know, his rivalry with Triple H would, you know, was, would would start to heat up to the point where Triple H forced him to take this rematch with Lesnar, knowing the damage that could be done. Um, I thought that that would have been a better route than, you know, just Cena opting to, to, uh, you know, go the, go and be, do the noble thing and, and, and ask for his rematch right away. Um, which, you know, brings me to the point of the segment that he had with Paul Heyman last Monday night, where he, he talked about, you know, eat, sleep, be John Cena repeat. And, you know, he's, they're sticking to this character that he has, where he's, you know, this 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 real good guy in defiance of the majority of the audience not caring for his character, and it's, just, it's for 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 most people in the audience, it's not resonating with them. And when they have Heyman kind of tap into the reality of the situation, where he discusses how the people hate him and they try to use that as a trigger to get John Cena to change and to snap. It's been done before. It was done in the buildup towards um, WrestleMania 28 with The Rock. It, it, it's been done in multiple storylines where they try to get him to snap and, and change his ways. Um, you know, And then, of course, that begs the question, when are we going to see the John Cena heel turn? Well, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, I've said that before. And I won't even go any further discussing that. Um, But I just feel that that has been done before. And I just kind of felt that the Cena and Heyman segment, although it was good, it was repetitive. And it was just kind of the same stuff we've seen before. And just overall, the show in general, I wasn't uh, particularly too much of a fan of to begin with. Um, But Night of Champions, I am not really excited because of certain ways that, that me as a fan would have liked to have seen how they booked. Some of their matches. Some of the other matches on the card I look forward to. I look forward to the tag title match. I look forward to the Intercontinental title match, the United States Championship match. But most of the other stuff, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not really excited about it. The the Jericho Orton match kind of thrown together uh, last minute. I, I don't know. I'm just not excited.
2: Yeah, it's been just—it's a, a weird run, and again, it's—it's it's almost like creative kind of hit a speed bump going into Night of Champions, and and it's like funny. I, I don't doubt that we'll see like a decent match at at a Chris Jericho and Randy Orton. I mean, two real good performers. Um, you know, again, I still think that Jericho has slowed down a bit. Uh, I don't want to say he lost a step, but you know, perhaps he has. I mean, he is getting up there, and he's a part timer. Um you know it, it's funny, like I, I think that we we might see a decent match, but as far as the story goes, I 'm like, all right, yeah, you just all right we'll get some good wrestling out of this, but I you know it really seemed kind of thrown together, which which brings us to the point of you know jericho and and we discussed on on the show weeks ago that you know Jericho brought in uh dare we say panic move when Daniel Bryan goes down with an injury um you know, not the biggest fan of, of this run as, as Chris Jericho. And that's what's a you know, shame with some of these guys, you know, when you're a part-timer, uh, when you start to look at, well, you know, yeah, you know, the last time Jericho came back, it was a lot better than this time. And then you, you run that risk of, you know, coming back and being a part-timer and having a, a mediocre run. And, and I would say, Dave, this run for Jericho is mediocre at best.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. This wasn't his best run. I mean, the past two times he's come back, you know, he's – I mean, every time he's come back, the intention has been to put over, you know, younger talent and try and help build towards the future. And, you know, Jericho's going about it the right way. Um, You know, last year it was all about, you know, putting over Fandango and other young talent, Ryback, and and, uh, I think he was involved in a a storyline with. And, you know, the year before it was – it was CM Punk and Dolph Ziggler and you know, names like that. This year it was it was Bray Wyatt and um it had potential to be a great storyline, but I just felt like there was really no clear cut answers to why Wyatt was after Jericho doing what he did and it just it felt very re- repetitive like similar to Wyatt and Cena from earlier this year. It's like we just came off of Wyatt, Cena, and the good stuff that they were doing, and Jericho and Wyatt was a step down, in my opinion, um, storyline wise. The matches were matches were solid. They weren't like you know show stealers. They were they were solid to good matches, but I just, for me as a fan, it just didn't resonate with me, um, and I just felt like it just didn't really click. And you know, another point I'd like to make too is that I think most fans, including casual fans, not just the smart fans and the hardcore fans. But most fans out there think that, you know, I think they know that Jericho's just a part-time guy now, and he just kind of comes and goes, and, you know, and that's it. And, you know, when he's gone, it's out of sight, out of mind. And I think some people felt when he came back, it's like, oh, well, he'll be back, but just for a few months, and then he's going to leave. So let's see what he does, but I'm not really holding a whole lot of, you know, um, in, you know, investing a whole lot into Jericho. And that's not saying that his popularity has gone down. That's just saying. I think a lot of fans are smarter as to what you know the act Chris Jericho is bringing, and it's not a bad act. But I just think that people are, are they kind of get the hint at, at how Jericho is as a performer on WWE TV now. Yeah,
2: I mean it's one of those things that that um you know it's it, the. The mid-card might very well carry this, this pay-per-view, and, and, you know, you, you kind of touched upon it. Uh, you know, there's certain things in the mid-card. Uh, you know, we've talked about him for for a while. You know, Rusev is slowly but surely becoming like the mid-card hero. Um, you know, I'm looking for. I like what he's doing with Mark Henry right now. Um, you know, I'm enjoying that a lot. I think the anti-America uh, thing is is always something that works. And i got to be honest, and I'm going to give a little bit of credit, dare I say, I thought the manscaping segment with Miz was funny. Uh, I mean, it was poking fun at Miz, but I I found it at least borderline entertaining. I at least, maybe it was bad, but I found it entertaining bad. So, you know, I, I think that might be a decent match there. So uh, the, the mid card uh, it is shaping up. It's just the stuff that they're really cramming down our throats. The Cena rematch and the Bellas uh, is, is not resonating. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the, I, I, I like, you know, the, the, the Dusts, uh, Gold and Star, um, the tag title match should be a decent match, uh, I said, and he got Sheamus and Cesaro for, for the U.S. title, so it's one of those weird things that, that the, like, last week on Raw and what we're seeing on Raw, um, creatively is not working the stuff that they're really spending a lot of time with, but the mid-card stuff, some decent stuff going on there, Dave.
1: Yeah. I mean, they've kind of moved over into, um, you know, uh, Rollins and Reigns now. Uh, they're going to have a match tonight at Champions, which, I mean, that's even though it was kind of thrown together, it kind of makes sense at the same time. Rollins, you know, Rollins fired the first shot on Reigns when they split the shield up, so it was only a matter of time before Reigns wanted his revenge, and um, I kind of like that they still acknowledge that Reigns and Ambrose are buddies, even though they're not, um, you know, together as a unit anymore, and, uh I, I'm from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing that this match is facilitating a Dean Ambrose return either at Night of Champions involving a run-in of some kind or possibly the next evening on Raw um, to continue this feud with Seth Rollins once he comes back. And like I said a few weeks ago, I think, you know, Reigns getting involved in, in Rollins' business um, is just, you know... a a holding pattern for Seth Rollins until Ambrose returns to continue their feud. But it's a, it's a, it's a holding pattern that makes sense because they were involved in storylines with each other for so long and it only makes sense that you put these two against each other. And I think it's just another... It, 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 it serves a lot of purposes. Number one, it serves the purpose of touching upon their, their unity as former members of the Shield and Rollins turning his back on Reigns. And it also touches upon... the the fact that Reigns is looking to mow through the authority to eventually get what he wants, and that's the title. So, I mean, he went through Orton, he's beaten Kane, he's got Rollins. I mean, at some point you beg the question, when are we going to see the rumored Triple H-Roman Reigns match? And will that be the – will that happen this year? Will it happen going into next year to set him up for possibly against Brock Lesnar? But Roman Reigns is on that slow build towards the top, and it's just natural progression right now that he gets in a match – With Seth Rollins at the pay-per-view, so I'm I'm looking forward to that match too as well because I think that should be a good match. Yeah, and we'll be
2: back on Sunday giving you our uh, pay-per-view pregame show. We'll go through each and every match, uh, you know, point by point, and give a give you our predictions. And especially, you know, hopefully we'll learn something tonight. We got the the last roll before the pay-per-view. Hopefully, I can ramp it up a notch. We do have a uh, Brock Lesnar supposed to be on uh, Cena Lesnar confrontation. Uh, for the love of God, I don't need any more Bella. I just don't. No more. There's no more I mean, we we have we have some evidence that Stanford is listening. So if Stanford is listening, please, um, you know, no more or or, or keep it very short because it's just it's, it's just bad TV. Um. But it's it's interesting because I guess you know for me as a fan, creatively, uh, storytelling wise, um, I'm not overly excited about the pay per view. Um, you know, it's it's not grabbing me. Um, I, I I thought Raw last week was pretty subpar. Um, I know on the Facebook we go into like the grading of Raw. I mean. Geez, you know, I'd probably go, like, C- minus to D uh, if I was grading last week's Raw. Um, but there's some potential for some decent matches. Uh, if not, you know, creatively, the storytelling hasn't been that great. Um, you know, you got some potential for some good in-ring work. Um, but I'm really hoping that uh, tonight we see, uh, you know, something just a little bit better. And it's just been... I mean, man, it's just been really difficult the past couple weeks to to watch. And it's funny, Dave, because, you know, we do this show, and so there's a certain obligation for us to to watch it. You know, we can't just decide, oh, you know it Raw sucks tonight, or I'm just blowing it off. Um, we kind of have to. And, you know, the past couple weeks have been two weeks where, you know, I don't know if I would have finished Raw if not for the show. Um, I don't know if I would have watched the whole thing. Um it just, it was that bad. Uh, you know, I honestly, when it comes to last week's Raw, take this show out of the mix, and I very well may have just been like, you know, F this. To hell, I'm not watching. They, they are insulting my intelligence putting this on, on my TV screen. I mean, that acting was was barely... You know, high school level drama club acting I mean, it was just It was bad beyond bad and, and, you know, it does for You know, as a consumer, as a fan When you throw segments like that uh, On your television programming To me, I kind of take it It's as, as almost like you're insulting my intelligence uh, it, That it, You know, you're forcing me to watch something that bad And they had to practice it the the powers that be at the WWE couldn't have been sitting there thinking, oh my God, this is gold, this is this is going to be some Emmy winning shit we're putting out there tonight. So they had to know it was not going to be very good, and still they they it out there. It almost became a a, a time killer. Um, and you know, just, I just I don't I don't get that. You know, give give someone hell, add a few minutes to a Dolph Ziggler matchup, and cut the damn Springer. Segment a little shorter, um you know. There's 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 ways you can you can do it to. I I just I, I'm getting all flustered trying to talk about it. But I did feel like as a fan, it was kind of insulting my intelligence to think that we'd have to sit and watch. And I don't know about you, Dave, but like I I feel you know. Again, we do the show. We're obligated to be up on things, but you know, there's part of me that like, wow, you know, I wish. You know, can we take next Monday off just so I could stop watching this? Um, it, it just really, for me, it was just that bad.
1: I will say, I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, normally I will be up toward you know to watch Raw. You know, towards the end, uh, the past two weeks I have fallen asleep. Um, towards the end, right, usually right before the main event, right around ten thirty, I'll fall asleep and I'll wake up and shut the TV off. And then, you know, my girlfriend and I, when we get home from work Tuesday, we will watch. Um, whatever she missed because she usually falls asleep before I do and then we'll watch the rest of what we missed together. And, uh, you know, I warned her last week, I said, I just want you to know, unfortunately I was awake during this segment, but that Bella Twin segment was awful. And she said, oh, I'm sure of it. And uh, she watched it and she agreed, yes, it was awful. Um, so, uh, you know, hopefully they, they rebound tonight with the go-home edition of the pay-per-view. Maybe they add a few stipulations to the match to kind of get people excited. I mean, Jericho and Orton's just going to be, you know, uh, a regular singles match as of right now, but um, I, I, I mentioned this to you, you know, during our pre-show meetings off the air, and I'll mention it to our viewers. I think that Orton and Jericho is done for a couple of reasons. One, Jericho's run ends with WWE at the end of, you know, at the end of the weekend, and, you know, he he's done with the company for right now, and... They also need challengers for Brock Lesnar, and I think Randy Orton, who is still in storylines, owed a one-on-one championship match. I
0: think this would be a way
1: to, like, kind of get Jericho off TV, maybe have Orton kind of take him out, maybe a punt to the head, or, you know, a DDT on the floor, just kind of injure him. He gets away in an ambulance, Jericho's off TV. That kind of builds Orton up as a legitimate challenger to Lesnar whenever they do decide to... Have Orton challenge for the title, so I think that's the purpose that it's serving to have that match. And it just and they dabbled in Jericho, um, they dabbled with Jericho in the authority. Pay, you know, in this in this run that Jericho's had a few times, um, so it, it, I guess it kind of makes a little sense. But it's kind of thrown together at the last minute. Um, but here's another question: Where does that leave Bray Wyatt? Bray Wyatt, who you know a lot of people are very high on, um, he came out the victor in the cage match. Do you not have him on the pay per view, or is he somehow involved, or does he make a surprise appearance? I don't know, but night of champions to me and Raw, it just doesn't look like you know something uh, very entertaining.
2: Yeah, it's weird. I mean, you're you're right. You, you look at like Bray Wyatt right now, and it's like where where exactly are they are they going with him? I mean, a guy like you know such a great character, and even like recently, I, I saw he did a. Uh, a news segment like a morning show uh news program and uh it's kind of cool he kind of stayed in character so it's uh you know love love what bray wyatt does and what he brings to the table but uh you know it seems like a guy whose a uh, character they, they don't quite know exactly where to to fit him in so again hopefully we get a uh, you know some clarity as we, we navigate these muddy waters heading towards night of champions but uh you know, both of us, Dave and I, not impressed with the past couple of Monday Night Raws, not impressed with the build for Night of Champions. What do you guys think? 347 8, 3, 8, 8, Do you agree with us? Uh, are, we, are we right in what we're saying, or are we completely off our rocker? And has Raw been good the past couple weeks, and we're just missing the boat? Give us a call. Let us know what you think.
1: But first,
2: as we do each and every week, it is time now for... The Day Five Fifty-Fifty News Report.
1: Thank you very much, Ken. This is, as always, the most informative news report in the biz today. The Day 5 News Report, heard right here, only at the top of the hour, every single Monday night on the Ken Reedy Show. And our first story this week. To follow up on a story we reported last week in regards to the Bully Ray TNA contract situation, The Wrestling Observer is reporting that it looks like Bully Ray will indeed re-sign with TNA. However, it will only be for a two-date contract. It's speculated he will work this week's Impact Wrestling tapings from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and TNA's Bound for Glory pay-per-view from Tokyo, Japan, October the 12th. As of right now, Only those dates are set in stone for Bully Ray and TNA. Speaking of the Impact tapings from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, TNA will be taping their last United States-based Impact episodes this Thursday evening for the rest of the year. The only other live event TNA has on their schedule is Bound for Glory from Tokyo, Japan. TNA looks to secure a new television deal, and with Spike not re-signing them, at the end of the year, the company hasn't scheduled any more live events until the United Kingdom tour in 2015. TNA is the main, or excuse me, TV is the main source of income for TNA, and until they can secure a new television deal, no more dates for TNA shows will be announced. Now, what happens to Impact if there is no more TV taping? Well, it's being discussed that TNA looks to tape as many television shows this week up until and after Found for Glory, which means you could read the spoilers for what took place at a pay-per-view that hasn't even aired yet. Any remaining dates after that will be either recap or best-of shows to close out the year. And just to update you in regards to the television deal situation, TNA has still not secured a new TV deal. Our third story this week, a little bit of a health scare for two-time WWE Hall of Famer, Nature Boy Ric Flair. Woo! As he was hospitalized Woo! last week. <laughs>
0: Woo! <laughs>
1: hospitalized last week, which prevented him from appearing at last Thursday's NXT TakeOver, which can only be seen on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. dollars 99 <laughs> PWInsider.com reports that there was a medical concern that led to several minor surgeries. Flair is said to be still hospitalized and going through a series of non-life-threatening surgeries. WWE addressed today Flair's health issues publicly, and as of this writing, Flair seems to be on the road to recovery and will return to WWE when medically cleared. Speaking of NXT, on that topic, it looks like several NXT talent will be traveling on the road with the main roster for live events and TV tapings as seen last week on Raw, Sami Zayn, Adrian Neville, Tyler Breeze, Tyler Breeze excuse me, and The Ascension all appeared, appeared on WWE TV. The idea behind this is a way to help promote the network, promote NXT, and give the NXT talent an idea of life on the road on the main roster. Right now, it's expected that this experiment will only last a few weeks. And our fifth and final story this evening Wrestling Observer Radio reports that WWE is looking to sign former NFL players, specifically ones with high name value, the ones they have looked at with high name value as opposed to the ones they've looked at in the past. Excuse me, I'm all tongue-tied because of that stupid Bella segment. <laughs> to secure these names, the company might have to offer them larger deals than what they offer most developmental talent. This news comes out after Triple H mentioned during a conference call last week that the company is looking, out, looking outside of wrestling at potential talent, NFL being one of them. And there you have it, folks. That was the Day 5 News Report. Only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night, right here on the Ken Reeby Show. The best in our wrestling talk. Ken, back to you.
2: I don't know, do you think right now in the current climate in this country that it's, I guess, you know, they're realizing, hey, you know, NFL players are violent. Let's bring them into wrestling.
1: Well, I mean, if, it, it, let's just put it this way. If, if they were scouting the, the, the Ray Rice elevator video by, that, by that, that left hook he gave his girlfriend, her fiancé at the time, to, to, to acquire him as a possible talent Well um, Let's see him run some ropes first before, before you sign him to a deal
2: How wrong would that be If that was his finisher If <laughs> the WWE signed him And just the, elevator. Left the elevator. Finisher.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Too soon That would be awful oh, I, you know, it's, I mean It's funny man I mean, You see the, the media It's like, you know, all over the NFL Because usually they're all over pro wrestling uh, you know, NFL just, like, <laughs> Adrian Peterson will have a, a switch on a pole match.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, well they should, do, you know what
2: they should do? Would... They, they should do the exact opposite to these guys. You know, like, Adrian Peterson should wind up getting handcuffed uh, to, to the ring and then have Tommy Dreamer go to town on him with a kendo stick. Or have, uh, <laughs> you know, have Ray Rice on the business end of uh, one of Big Show's punches. But let, let yeah, him really him. punch him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Lock him in an elevator with Big Show. <laughs> there you go. See
2: now that's that's entertainment. That's good television. Jeez, you can't make it up. Anyway, uh, you know, interesting stuff you had on, in the news uh, regarding Bully Ray. Um, it's interesting that he, you know he's just going to sign on with TNA uh, to finish out storyline. So, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's done with TNA. Um, you know, aside from a few dates, uh, interesting to, to speculate. A guy who, you know, for the bulk of his career, a tag team specialist, has definitely established himself as, as a star, a, a bonafide singles main event type player. Um, it's interesting, though, to start to speculate with a guy like this who really, you know, was all over the place in the wrestling world, but really became a singles main eventer in TNA. You know, where does he go with his talents? Does he wind up reuniting uh, with his brother Devon? Uh, does he get a WWE run, or you know, do we see the up and coming, uh, you know, global force wrestling on its way? Does uh, Bully Ray make a go at that?
1: Well, it's interesting that you that you, you make mention of it. I mean, um, I don't think Bully Ray uh, right now would would. Be in w- you know, be a fit in WWE. They're looking at you know a lot of their younger talent in the Performance Center, trying to bring them up, and they're going through somewhat of a youth movement. If Bully Ray were to be hired by WWE, I think it would be more of a uh, a trainer's capacity roll down at the Performance Center. He's got a lot of knowledge for the business. He'd probably have like a couple of run- uh, one off, uh, you know, nostalgia runs with Devon as the Dudley Boys in WWE. But I don't see him. Um, in, a, in a singles main event role in WWE, and from what I've heard and what I've read, allegedly, he um, he's got a, a, a few naysayers in the company in WWE. Some that are high up on the food chain. One of them, in particular, being Randy Orton. This is alleged, you know, just rumor right now. So um, maybe his hiring or potential hiring is on hold. Um, but you know, Global Force Wrestling, you know, they 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 made a they made a splash making an announcement the day after WrestleMania that they were going to be a, a new national brand for, uh, or, or, or Christ, a national global brand for professional wrestling, and trying to compete with WWE. And uh, they've been they, they've had a little trouble getting off the ground, I guess, from what I've been hearing. Uh, they expected to run live events this fall. They haven't even secured a television deal, from what I've heard. Um, they're still looking at talent. They're making all kinds of talent partnerships with different, you know. Um, independent promotions overseas, um, and they have looked at some talent. But um, as of right now, I mean, that's an option for Bully Ray, I will say. um, That that could be an option for him. They would need a a recognizable name um, to kind of help them get off the ground. And I think he's smart enough in the business where he knows what, um, you know, what his job would be is to help get that brand over with his name recognition as well as, you know, so you know, giving the rub to some of the newer younger talent that would be associated with that organization, another name that, that, that could potentially um, be with global force wrestling is Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle has apparently last week made a statement where he's going to announce in two weeks his contractual status, uh, whether he's going to stay with TNA, whether if he's going to leave, and where's he going to go to. Um, He's expressed desire to go to WWE, but apparently they are—they don't have a whole lot of interest in him. Um, he would have to pass the physical, and from what I hear, his body is not in the greatest shape. Um, and he wants to work a limited Shawn Michaels kind of schedule, and I don't think that they would allow that. I think they would want him to work uh, a, a somewhat of a full-time schedule, and at his age, I don't think he can do that um, anymore. I don't think his body can, can hold out for that. And I think Global Force Wrestling might be the perfect place for him to end his career on a high note. He can still be active. He can help get that brand over. Like I said, in the same regards to Bully Ray, get some of the younger talent over, giving them a rub, and making a statement that he's ending his career on a high note by trying to help get another organization off the ground by his association with them. So, that could be an option for him, too, but I, I kind of have a feeling where the real money goes. He, he'll he'll have some involvement in WWE, whether it's you know a one-off match, a Hall of Fame induction. I think he's going to want to end his career like that, um, but time will tell. We'll see what happens w- w- with that announcement. That's in, I guess, a few weeks from what I'm hearing.
2: I mean, I'd love to see uh, Kurt Angle uh, back in the WWE for uh, you know a limited run, but yeah, I mean. You know, his his, his health issues are, are fairly legendary, so who knows if he could hold up to uh, a WWE-type schedule. So, yeah, interesting stuff as far as guys uh, floating around there, free agents. I mean, big-time names out there, and who knows uh, where they may wind up. So, good stuff in the news this week. Interesting stuff. Uh, we'll see how that unfolds as far as a couple of weeks with uh, Kurt Angle's announcement. Three four seven eight three eight, 9, 8 1, 5. That is... The number to call, whatever you want to talk about. You want to talk about where potential free agents might land? You want to talk about Raw? You want to talk about the Bellas? Uh, no. By all means. Whatever you guys want to talk about, give us a call. Let's talk wrestling. It's been a whole for a while. Talk Let's talk get Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing this evening?
1: Let's talk about the Bellas. <laughs> no, please don't. Please don't. I, I, if you do, I wish I had the power to hang up. Uh oh, Thanks a lot, Dave. I'm
2: just. In all in all honesty, and we're joking. But like, I mean, what what did you think of that segment? I, I mean that that was that was not good TV. I
3: I thought Jerry Springer seemed better days.
0: <laughs>
3: I I think I think that Shawn Michaels should have came out and took him behind the woodshed and gave him the super kick. Oh
0: Thanks for that. in all honesty.
2: Think. That would have made the segment like bearable if, like, in the middle of the segment, if Michaels just walked out there and said, "Oh God, this is awful," and, and gave the crotch chop and then super kicked all three of them. That would have made yeah, the segment okay.
1: Well, speaking of, saying, of Shawn Michaels, speaking of Shawn Michaels, that segment made me lose my smile.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I liked in that segment when Dave, when you wrote, when you wrote, I rather hear, I rather hear, Mister Trivia. Um, talk about Velvet Sky and and have Mike Ferrara talk about how he yelled at her. That was pretty funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, was I mean, you know, again, like
2: and it was one of those things where like it's it's a segment that like, you know, wasn't very good and they could have done themselves a real service if they just kept it short. So it was yeah. bad and long, which just really kinda of hurt them. But uh I I'm curious, I mean Mike, you've watched a lot of wrestling over the years and you know, we there's this is like this show is a veritable love fest when it comes to wrestling. I mean, we really, for the most part, we keep it fairly positive, and and it's just been difficult. I mean, are you excited? I know the matches have some potential going into the pay per view, but as far as the build towards this, I mean, are you excited for this pay per view? Yeah, well,
3: before yeah, I am, man. And I'll tell you, and I'll tell you a couple of things before I get to that. I got to tell you, the other night I was with my mom, and we were walking. Um, we were walking in the city, and we were passing the Manhattan Center, and that 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 feeling came over me, like I'm standing in the same spot where Bobby Heenan was standing outside of Monday Night Raw pretending that it was sold out and he was trying to get in, and he was dressed um, in, in drag, and I was explaining to my mom the history of the Manhattan Center for me, you know, on Monday Night Raw, and this is where Monday Night Raw started, and, you know, so when you talk about you know you're a wrestling fan and and you love wrestling. That, that's my bread and brother right there. So and I also went to the last pay per view the ECW had. um, So guilty is charged. Um and, and and that was a wild and that was wild for me to to you know to go to ECW pay per view in the city. Um but going back to 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 the question and I'll answer it. Yes, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the matches. However. The Brock Lesnar-John Cena match I think it's going to be better than SummerSlam I think John Cena is going to bring
2: it I, You know, and I can see that I, just, I have a hard time creatively with that I do think I, I think Purely on like match Quality Yeah, I think you're going to get more of a brawl I think you're going to get more out of John Cena Um but the way the last match was, I don't think the build has made it believable that he he can bring it. Now, the only thing, like, maybe something happens in this match. Maybe somehow Lesnar gets an injury. Like, I always go back to the last Rocky movie. And as unbelievable as it would be for the character Rocky to hold his own uh, with the current heavyweight champion, when that heavyweight champion broke his hand in the first round... They it, there, was, there was a little bit of believability. Like, all right, I could see where an older fighter would be able to hold his own. If they do something like that, maybe it'll be believable. But they made Brock so dominant, and in a short period of time, I'm creatively speaking, I don't, I, I don't find it believable that John Cena can uh, bring it against Brock Lesnar. So I mean, yeah that night when when i'm watching night of champions i might sit there and say wow this is a really good match I, I just creatively the build is just not it's not done it for me so it it's kind of a weird thing cuz on paper when you look at the pay-per-view it's like yeah that it's it's a solid card i creatively i just haven't enjoyed the build towards it
3: i i agree with you on i i agree with you on on that i i think it's i think the match itself is going to be i mean in my mind it's going to be a blockbuster and it's going to, to um put butts in the seats and hopefully get the nine ninety nine paper you know the nine ninety nine um up and everybody buys it. The other funny thing is it's nine of champions but yet if you had a nine of champions with all the belts, it wouldn't be all the matches. So they have to put non championship matches in it. Um I just wonder how the Roman Reigns says Rollins match is gonna be because, you know, theoretically Roman Reigns should Kills Seth Rollins, but Seth Rollins is the money in the bank winner, and he should look a little good, too. I don't know. Um, and then you have Paige versus AJ Lee versus Nikki Bella. Does Jerry Springer come out and, like, steer <laughs> somebody now?
2: Oh, gee, I yeah. hope so. That would just, let's make and him look of a And the his match.
3: security guard did nothing. He had a security guard with him who did nothing. I think Stephanie McMahon did more than the security guard.
2: It was just, it was bad on so many levels. There's <laughs> so many levels. Um, and, and
3: what is going to happen with what is going to happen? What is with these understudies and these d- stunt doubles? Mm-kay, come on, with Ziggler's has a stunt double now. The other guy Miz has a stunt double now, and Sandow. I, I think they should just call Sandow a joke. Is what I think because he. he it's, thinks. it's.
2: It's a shame what's happened to Sandow. I I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I, I think the guy should. I'm happy about
3: it. Well, I'm I'm happy about what happened to Ryback. He made the right statement, Ryback. He said he's, he's, he's getting operated on. He's, he, he, he said he'll be back. And I'm looking forward to him coming back because that means he's not here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's my opinion. I mean, I, you know, and, and the opinion is expressed by me in not any way, shape, or form by the Ken Reedy show, yeah. But you Dave, what do you think about
1: Cena, Dave? What do you think about the match? About the Cena-Lesnar match? Yeah. I, I I, I mean, I do agree that I think there will be more, you'll see more of a fight from John Cena, but I just think that the way that they constructed Lesnar to destroy John Cena at SummerSlam, that having this rematch so close, and I, I, just, I just thought the timing wasn't good. I think they could have waited for Cena and Lesnar to... To have a rematch with each other, maybe in a couple of months. I just don't like that it just happened so quickly, especially the way that they 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 booked Lesnar to to come out of that match. Hold on one second. <laughs> really? You're gonna send a private message? To where where one are of you us? going?
3: No, I'm here. I'm here. Um, okay. Really cool. You know what I was gonna say? In 1995, Bret Hart um, took on Diesel in. What, it was a no-holds-barred um, match for Survivor Series. And they asked Hart about what he thought was going to happen. And he said his, he thought it was going to be a fight. He says this is going to be a fight. I'm, I'm going to be going in there with Diesel, and I'm going to have another match with him, and it's, gonna be, it's not going to be a wrestling match. It's going to be a fight. And to use Brett's words, it's going to be a fight with Cena. You know what? John Cena had a fight his whole career. He had a fight with Dave calls the Internet Fans. He had to fight these these people that have never stepped in the ring, and or or like all the you know all the people that that was horrible in wrestling, and you know I mean you know come on I mean John Cena, is is a, a he happens to be a great character, you know Lex Lex Luger or Flexi Lexi, as Hogan called him, Lex Luger, was a good wrestler. He was good. He was okay. He wasn't great, you know, but fans. You know, help them and and fans like them a little, and fans try to get behind them with the whole Yokozuna angle. And my whole point is that John Cena is Cena, and Hulk Hogan's got John Cena's back. Hogan loves John Cena. Hogan praises John Cena. All he does is talk good stuff about him. So I I don't know if 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 you're not behind the Hulkster, get behind Cena like Hulk Hogan is, and, and 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 do something, you know and. And, and Cena nation, I mean Ken you're behind it you like cena I, I do mean, you know, you it's know? Funny, I,
2: I, I think that like on some levels you know people you know get bored with it, but there is something to be said for you know having a character that uh cannot be corrupted that he's he's morally just you know he's he's he is just the ultimate <laughs> good guy for better or worse, and then uh you know I, I it works for him and I, and i you know, I think now that the the idea of a Cena heel turn is entertaining as it could be. You know, I, I'm I'm over that talk. I I think he just he's going to be John Cena to the end of his career. Um you know, and I think he brings a lot to the company. Is he have limitations absolutely. Um but I do think that he's the the consummate corporate guy. He's he's the guy, you know. I don't know if I was running a wrestling company, like I I'd want him as my centerpiece. I mean, He's a workhorse. He, he's not a bad-looking dude. Uh, he he can carry the company. He can talk. He can do interviews. I mean, he's just and he's a worker. Uh, you know, I and he can wrestle. Well, I, and, the, um, and the guy
3: uh, can wrestle. I mean, he could yeah. wrestle. I mean, come on. They, they say he can't wrestle. He could wrestle. You it's, know, I mean, anybody I, I, could do I seventeen. I don't know anybody could do seventeen suplexes in a row. Come on. <laughs> it's just like I said. The thing
2: is, I I just creatively, like I, I agree with Dave. I wish there was just a little more time that, that passed between matches that we could really, you know, could have had John Cena like, you know, maybe even leaving for a little while, and he's training to, to come back and, and, you know, reclaim what's his. Just, it's hard to believe that someone could, you know, get annihilated like that, and then within, you know, a couple of weeks be able to come back. But well, we'll see, I mean, and one we'll see what the, happens tonight. Maybe they had the like a I was going to say... Match.
3: I was going to say one of the biggest comebacks when John Cena came back from that, that surgery um, and he showed up at the Royal Rumble in the garden, the fans went crazy, and I actually thought that they were going to, here we go, we're going to get behind Cena, and, and, and Cena's going to be this, this good guy. Hey, I have a question for the both of you. Best um, heel turn and worst heel turn, what do you think? What would you be you your know, best and, and worst?
2: I'm, I'm going to go gut and, and the two that just popped Into mind was uh, Hogan as as the best and Goldberg as the worst. And they just those those, like popped into my mind like as soon as you said that, I have to really think about it. I I don't know if I could come up with a better one than no. Those are my
1: those are my two. Those are my two. Okay, I'm I'm, (laughs) right with you.
2: What are your
0: thoughts, Dave?
1: Hogan Hogan easily is the best because nobody saw that coming, and he was the quintessential good guy. Um, The worst. Goldberg's right up there, Um, but I'm going to have to. This is tough. Uh, Goldberg. I mean, the worst heel turn, probably, probably Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17 when he joined up with Vince McMahon. As awesome as that match was with The Rock, they did it in the wrong place. They were in Texas. Steve Austin is like, he's like as famous as the Alamo in San Antonio. I mean, you know, you, you tried to turn him bad against the people that he's, you know, that, that he, he, same, you know, the same state that he lives in. Like, I don't, it just, it didn't work. It, I understood why they did it. They tried to switch it up a little bit. I get it, but I, wrong place to do it. I think that was the worst heel turn. The match was awesome, but the finish I thought was, Nobody saw it coming, but it was just the wrong place to do it because it didn't get the reaction that it should have got. And, of course, it's
2: yeah, you, you got to go the,
3: with the an the honorable power mention trip the double awesome, That's the first time I really started liking Steve Austin because he was in a big, big feud with, with um, Triple H, and then all of a sudden, here we go, you know, a couple of pay-per-views down the line, and now they're tagging up. And, and unfortunately, you know, when Triple H got injured, you know, um Steve Austin was doing all these songs and singing the guitar and it was the kumbaya, it was just so stupid. I mean, this is why you turn the guy heels so you he can sing.
2: Yeah, it was it was not good. Mike, thanks as always for the call and uh you know, we'll see what happens tonight on Raw and Yeah, uh, Sunday, you guys gonna be on the air
3: Sunday. Sunday? We're gonna be calling cool Sunday I'll call up on, on Sunday. Yeah, no, we're gonna be on no, no, we'll the we'll air you up can, up get
1: the you get to host of the show.
3: Yeah, I get the host. Uh, hey, yeah, it'd be great. I would love to host the show. I, do I hosted everything. a wrestling show years ago. I was a host of a, of a cable TV show. I've done some hosting.
0: Okay. All right. All right. But
3: anyway, I, I'll definitely give you guys a call on uh, on Sunday, and I'll be watching Monday Night Raw tonight. And I'll also uh, I'll be chatting. So if anybody's going to be in the chat room or whatever it is, I'll be there.
2: Cool. Talk yeah, to you, no, Mike. Talk no to, private talk.
3: messages, Mike, but I'll chat with you.
2: They <laughs> have the wonderful world of, of Mike Ferrara I love getting in, in into his uh, his mind and stuff. So I have to think about like the worst heel turn. You know, I like when people pose like questions like that. Again, it was like gut Goldberg just popped into my head, but uh, you know there might be worse out there. There's a few really good ones. I was I was always a big fan of when uh, Mr. Wonderful turned on Hogan, and uh, of course the double turns got to get a an honorable mention there. Um, I like, uh, like
1: a a heel turn that that gets very underrated, and it kind of, you know, the results from it really, you know, went went a couple different ways, but when Triple H turned on DX, when he turned on Xbox and he joined the corporation, him and China, I mean, DX was a hot act, and nobody saw it coming, and he came out of nowhere, and he turned and joined the corporation, and then that was the beginning of, you know, his singles career, so it's the name that he is today. And not you know DX they just kind of like, it kind of faded off into the sunset. They didn't really like they had it. They had a little you know feud with X Pac and Triple H after that, but they could have built like months and months of of you know Triple H and and the rest of the DX guys, you know chasing after him. But they didn't really touch upon that after that. I thought the turn was great though.
2: It's a good call. It's a good. I didn't even think of that one, but that was a good. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Let's go back out to the phone, because we got Tony on the line. Tony, how you doing tonight?
4: Oh, I'm doing all right. So, are you
2: there with us? I mean, you know, again, we always try to stay positive, but uh, not a big fan of last week's RAW. What did you think of last week's RAW?
4: Yeah. So, so I didn't. I didn't really. Didn't really go for it. It was better than the week before, but that's not saying too much. So, I. I Remember last week I said the, uh, the uh, Jerry Springer segment. I did turn the
2: channel. I didn't bother watching it. Yeah, good for I, you. I, good for I, you. I just, those those are precious minutes of your life that you have back that I lost. And yeah. especially because <laughs> I I wound up watching it twice because I watched it once without audio and so I had to go and watch it again. But I, I guess we're getting to you know that you know we're talking about that segment specifically. But you know, I get it that on paper, match for match. We should get some entertaining wrestling, however creatively going towards it, for Dave and I at least, it's not getting us you know, overly enthused heading into the pay-per-view. I'm curious your thoughts on the build leading to Night of Champions.
4: What build? I mean, it's just, it's just like it's just, it just—it kind of seems. Oh man, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not really too. Uh, I'm not really feeling for, for this night of champions either. It's you know, like I say, it's you know, Cena and Lesnar. Like I said, I think it's you know, like too too soon to do, to be doing that match, to be doing that rematch. You know, it's like you know, they haven't. I mean, they have seen get, You know, squashed by Lesnar at Summerslam, and then. <laughs> eight nights later, he's flattening all three Wyatts, and it's like, so it's like, Lesnar's the only guy who can, who, who, who can actually hurt, who can actually harm, who do any harm to Cena. It's like, I don't know, I'm, you know, that and, uh, I mean, some of the matches, you know, it's like Rollins and, um, Reigns, I mean, I don't know, I mean, it's, we'll see what happens with that, I don't know what they're gonna do with, uh, <laughs> It could be, you know, because some of the matches could be good. You know, like I said, like you're saying, you know, like the matches could be good, like that one, and you know, Z- uh, Ziggler and The Miz. Uh, but yeah, you know, like I said, the the, the the there really hasn't been any build up to any of these. It's, it's just been all, oh, you know, it's like, okay, there's this match, there's this match, and then you know, it's like last week they threw in Jericho and Orton out of nowhere. It's like, oh yeah, Orton had to take out Jericho because it was the so-called season premiere. It's like, I mean.
2: Oh man, man, yeah. That that was weird to me too. That that whole season premiere thing was just like I, I I don't know. I just I was like, wrestling loves to pride itself in the whole idea that there's no off season. Like then how do you have a season premiere? I just I I didn't I didn't get it. Um, you know, and for a season premiere, if you want to call it that, it was to me mediocre at, at best. And it again, like you know, it's interesting because I do think. And I go back and forth in my head, you know, Lesnar and Cena have done some really good in-ring storytelling, the two of them. Um, they got some decent chemistry. They've done some hard-hitting stuff. Um, so it's weird because, like, this part of me that thinks they're going to put on another very entertaining match, and I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, it, it, it's almost like, you know, if you go back and hit, like, the 85 Bears in the Super Bowl when they, they just annihilated the New England Patriots, and if they played the game a month later and we're supposed to expect that the Patriots have a shot against the Bears, you know, like, that's, that's kind of how I'm feeling going into this match. Again, it, it's creatively, I think in-ring we'll get something decent, but, you know, there's no way Cena should be able to do anything against them. Now, maybe they add something. Maybe it becomes a no-DQ match. Maybe it becomes, you know... Uh, uh, Cena can bring a gun to the ring match You know something to kind of make it Believable that Cena can hold his own I don't know um, But yeah I guess you know we're all In agreement that the uh, the Build has not been there and you're right you know the thing Is Tony and you bring up Reigns Versus Rollins that's a Match because it's been going on for a while Because of the shield breakup You know the build for that is there As much as it was like Rollins and Ambrose and they were Feuding it's still the roots of this feud are there. Um, creatively, it works for me. Um, it's an interesting matchup because you got the the heir apparent versus Mister Money in the Bank. Uh, so there's a lot of intrigue creatively for me. Um, you know that it's that match. I guess creatively speaking, uh, Mark Henry versus Rusev. Basic storytelling, but it's been enjoyable. Um, other than that, like I mean, like you're saying, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. And you said, like, what build? It's it's just kind of a weird pay per view that uh, it's it's almost like there's like a SummerSlam hangover. Yeah,
4: it's pretty much what it is because I've noticed you know it's like it's, it's like it's that's what the, like every year like it seems like every year around like, this time of year is there's, there's when is when WWE is really it's like after SummerSlam they just seem to fall apart you know the. the, the creative event seems to really fall apart more so, more so than it normally is, but <laughs> cause it's, uh, you know, because I remember, like, you know, Night of Champions last year, I remember they, uh, um, I remember Bill build that was pretty weak, and you know, like, even this one now, it's, it's, they're really not doing much, you know, and uh, like I said, the whole... Oh man, you know, it's like they're gonna be, you know, like the, the whole thing with the Bellas is just, you know, like I say, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch that stupid segment. I just couldn't, you know, it's, you know but uh, it, it's just, it's just stupid. And then it's like, you know, they have, they have Paige and AJ like trying to out crazy each other. Or, I, I'm, I don't know what, I don't know what the they're doing. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just, it's just so, you know, it's like, I'm not a loss for words. Like I, I can't even think of how bad you know, it's Like it's just, it's just so freaking stupid.
2: So I mean oh, anything, like what are you looking forward to tonight? Let's switch gears. I mean, we we've dissected last week's raw. It was it was not a good show. What are you at least either looking forward to or hoping for going into tonight's raw?
4: Uh, I got to say I've after watching so raw so, so for so long I've really learned not to get my hopes up with <laughs> with what they do. I usually uh I can I, can't, I got to say and I was like I'm not really looking forward to anything. <laughs> Yeah, uh, wow. last week they, they had the Jericho, you know, the, the cage match was good. Jericho and uh, Bray Wyatt, and I don't know why the Wyatts are being are being de-emphasized too. Now it's like they, they, this is a this is a WWE thing that they, they they always take these young guys, push them, and then they depush them, and then it's like okay, yeah, they, they don't they no longer matter. It's just I, I don't know. It's just like it's a lot of it just feels like you know it's like okay it's the same old stuff. You know it's like they're gonna bring a new guy up. They're gonna bring a new guy in, give him a push for a few months, and then they're gonna put you know yank the rug out from under him. Uh, what I also I, I I thought the best part of Royal last week was the was the NXT match, and but I don't know if you saw that show on the network. My God, that that, that was awesome! It, they, um, the NXT Fatal Four Way Takeover show uh, with uh, those four guys, you know Neville, Zane, Breeze, and Tyson Kidd. Uh, great, great stuff there. You know they had. Uh, Reclaire daughter, Charlotte uh and uh, I don't, I don't know if you watch any NXT at all, but uh, you know, like, you know, Charlotte had a great match, uh, they had a great tag title match, and uh, they, they, I guess they, NXT is really is, is, you know, if you're comparing it to the main roster, it's just like NXT is is by far is much much better. And what they're doing on the main roster. You know, it's like the, you know, it's like the, I, the creative the creative end of it is, is, is a lot better. It's just way better, and so the, the commentary is actual commentary. It's not just yapping that makes you want to turn the sound off.
2: That's praise. So, yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch that Dave, you got to see some of NXT, correct?
1: Yeah, I, I saw everything but the main event. I heard nothing but good things about the main event. I, I will have to watch it at some point. I'll probably watch it sometime this week. But the tag title match was great. Um, and uh, I liked the the debut of Kenta and uh, how big of a deal they made that, you know, the international star that he is. Um, And uh, the girls' match was great. Um, You know, Charlotte and Bailey put on a hell of a a match. I liked, um, what did I like, Uh, the debut of uh, Baron Corbin, who's a former NFL football player. I don't know what his real name is, but he he squashed this guy named C.J. Parker, who's kind of got this, like, hippie,
4: earthy kind of, um, you know, uh, he's an environmental char- type yeah. kind of guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's got that character to him, and he he squashed him in like uh, like under a minute. Like he did this move that was like similar to Sister Abigail, but like even better. Like <laughs> I forget what they called it, but he basically like the, the, you, you got to go back and watch it. But it was it was really cool. And just overall, like Tony said, like the 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 the, the storylines seem to be crisper and better. The commentating focuses a lot on the wrestling um, of the match as opposed to rambling on and promoting what's going to go on in hour number three on Raw or, you know, what to catch on the app or on the network. Like, they, they really put the attention on the talent. And I think the big part of that is because a lot of people that watch WWE don't know about a lot of these guys because NXT wasn't available, you know, until you got the WWE Network. So... Um, they they do put a lot of focus on trying to develop these characters and get them familiar with the people, so that when they come onto the main roster, everyone's excited even more to see them. Um, not just because they're a new face, but because they're they're intriguing characters. So, it, um, the show overall, I thought you know, with the exception of the main event that I missed, it was it was a good show. And uh, you know, the, the future is bright down there in Florida, and with you know Prince Devitt from. From from you know Japan and Kevin Steen from Ring of Honor, I mean, they, they they're really lining the, lining things up for the future for WWE down in NXT, and I think it's great.
2: Sounds good, yeah, Tony's always. Thanks for the call, and uh, Gary, hopefully we hopefully we get a good RAW tonight to get us ready for the pay per view, and uh, let's talk pay per view this coming weekend. Thanks for the support. We'll talk to you later. Oh
4: yeah, but uh, I know he's. Um, T lately though, I not know if I could just talk about them a little bit. Yeah, d so,
0: line. Um,
4: yeah, you know, 'Cause I don't uh, um I you know, I got from I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with it, but that um the Ma the Manhattan Center shows actually have really been uh, they've been really uh, they've been really entertaining, you know. It's like they've had w- the free weight with the Hardys, the Wolves and the and uh the Dudleys. I you know, it's yeah. it, and, you know, it's like they're doing ex uh, they're doing a lot better storytelling. I mean it's lash lastly this is this is like the best he's looked. Yeah, so far, and you know, it's like it's 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 just weird. You know, it's like it's, it's like they don't have a, a TV deal, and it's like they're gonna air tape stuff that's gonna air after Bound for Glory. And it's like Bound for Glory might be. I was like, it might not have anything to do with the with the regular taping shows. Like they they have like there's no matches announced. They haven't even mentioned it on the shows. You know, which which is too bad because you know, like I said, it, it's been a great. You know, the, the shows the. The shows have really been good over the last, like, you know, like, since they went to the Manhattan Center, I think they've been doing really, I think, like, those are really awesome shows, you know, and we've still got a couple more to go of uh, 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 those, and then uh, I know Tuesday they're taping in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania for, what, three, four months' worth?
0: No, no, I mean,
4: who knows? I don't know,
1: I've heard that they're taping a couple of nights in Bethlehem, but... They're gonna do you know some some
4: you know shows leading up
1: or a show or two leading up to Bound for Glory, and then you know God knows how many after that. But they are still gonna have a remainder of TV left, you know you know a good month and a half, two months of 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 open you know TV. So I mean the, the New York I do agree with you. The New York shows have been good. Um, the New York crowds have helped that and the talent that they've acquired and brought in have been have have been good for those shows but um it's not a, it's 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 still kind of a scary time right now if they don't have a TV deal and they're not planning on taping any more television till you know 2015 when they go over to the UK I mean that's not a promising sign when 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 you know the rest of these guys are going to be out of work for the rest of the year
4: I know, yeah, I know. I, I know that you know, it's like the, the production crew is actually going to be, uh, you know, once they go to the UK, the production crew they have right now is, is going to be replaced. So, you know, it's, yeah, cause it, is, it is a shame that they didn't <laughs> come to terms with Spike for a new TV deal or whatever, and it's like, is it going to be just the UK promotion now going forward or what? Or maybe all these guys will go to the... They don't have it. No, whatever. From,
1: from what I've heard, a lot of people, have, a lot of people have asked about that. If they can't get a television deal in the United States, will their will their TV deals overseas uh, help keep them afloat? And, and unfortunately, no. They have they have quite a bit of television deals overseas, not only in the UK but in other countries. But it's not enough to keep them afloat and keep them, you know, uh, running shows um, in the very near future. I mean, the, the amount of money it's going to cost them. To, to fly talent overseas if you were to do it on a monthly basis for them to produce shows overseas. It, it's ridiculous and unheard of. And they're trying to, to to cut down costs. Like you said, they've let go of some production people. So it's unfortunately um, a sad situation for them. And, uh, I mean, from what I've been reading, they've been telling the talent that things should be okay and they're going to get a deal by the end of the year. So, Let's hope for that, and, I, and that's what they're also doing. They're waiting for a TV deal. Whatever money they get from this television deal, then they could possibly re-sign guys, and then they could announce more television dates, and then they could, you know, what, what's their production cost going to be like? Because they're basically waiting for the money to come in from a TV deal. So that's what it really is all about right now. Um, the shame is that so they're, they're
2: in trouble now after, you know, putting out some of the best stuff they put out in recent memory, and they're, they're giving us yeah. some decent impacts. And, and this is when, you know, they might be you know, on their way out. So again, you know, as a wrestling fan, you know, the more quality wrestling that's out there on TV, the better for us as a fan. And and competition is always good to push companies to put out a better product. So fingers crossed for TNA. Uh, They have been putting out a good product with those Manhattan shows, and uh, hopefully they find themselves a TV deal. Tony, as always, great insight. Thanks for the call, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
4: All right.
2: Take it easy, brother. Either. And it's interesting, man, you know, you got Tony on the line as as we're heading into, you know, a, a pay-per-view Sunday, you know, the Sunday Night of Champions, and uh, you know what, it's it's really interesting. I mean, we put it out there. You know, we put it right out there. If you're you're listening to the show for the first time, you know, I will reiterate, we put it out there a while back, you know, that we we would, you know, as, as unorganized as, as sometimes the shows come off and... We go with the flow sometimes. We go with our callers, and we have some wacky callers. We love you all, part of the TKRS family. We have, but we try and, you know, be like Walter and, and go with the flow sometimes. But we do have an outline. We do have an outline. We do meet beforehand. We come up with an outline. And each and every week, we would come up with a part of our show where we would talk TNA. And what was happening, that nobody ever wanted to call in and talk TNA. So we put it out there. We're not going to put it in the show anymore. If you want to talk TNA, call in. By all means, you're more than welcome as a caller to bring it up. But nobody really ever wanted to talk about it. And it's interesting, as we're going into Night of Champions, and Tony calls in, and Tony is more excited about TNA Wrestling and NXT than he is for the main roster of of the WWE. And I I think that speaks volumes for what we've gotten out of – Perhaps a SummerSlam hangover And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I'm a fan, and I love wrestling And I love watching it And I, I, I'm looking forward to Raw tonight And I really, I really want to be optimistic But I, I, I gotta be honest with you guys I'm not, I'm not optimistic going into tonight And I hope, I hope I'm 100% wrong And we get a kick-ass Raw tonight um, But I don't know, It's, just, it's been like a lackluster build Again, Tony... You know, I said, "What'd you think of the build?" And he said, "What build?" Um, you know, it's—I it's, don't even know what to think of when you know you start to. Well, what are we going to look forward to uh, on Raw tonight? Um, I don't know. Just a better product. I mean, that's—that's kind of how I'm thinking going into tonight, Dave.
1: Well, I mean, you know, Tony said like, "What build?" I mean, I just don't think it's been. I think there's been a build to the show. I mean, you know, you you have the the. The Divas title situation on top of throwing the bellas in there, that's been something that's been brewing for a little while. The tag team championship storyline is getting some coverage on TV. The the match that's probably been built the least is the, the, the Jericho match and the United States title match. Everything else has got some substance and some story. And, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, most wrestling fans complain that, you know, WWE the week before a pay-per-view would have like three or four announced matches and throw a bunch of stuff together. Well, going into tonight's raw, there's eight announced matches already for the pay-per-view. And they did that last month with SummerSlam. And I think it's a testament to them that they at least have, you know, an idea in mind of what they want to do, um, for their pay-per-view. And I think for the most part, all their matches have, with the exception of the, 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 two I mentioned. So it's six out of the eight have solid build. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that there was no build towards I just don't think it's the kind of build that Tony wants. And, uh, you know, excited about Raw? Not really, but we, we could be surprised. We could, you know, sit here and say, oh, it's going to suck, or this and that and the other, and then look what happens. You know, they they might surprise us with a few stipulations, you know, for, for the pay-per-view. And, you know, if you remember, you know, some of you that are listening out there, you know, I reported a while back that this was going to be the big this was going to be the big show that was going to get most of the the, the, the first-time subscribers for WWE Network hooked in. And, yeah, I guess CNN and Lesnar may be that one drawing factor, but there's nothing really else that, like, jumps out at me that's going to make WWE Network subscribers resubscribe again um, if it's just based on the pay-per-views alone. So um, I think that, like you said, Hangover from SummerSlam, and I think they're still trying to, they're trying to fiddle with some ideas. I mean, Mike brought up earlier the, the stunt double thing for, for Miz, and I kind of like that. It, they're giving Sandow something to do. It, it, I mean, you know, it, it's it may not be his best work, but it's been entertaining, and I've heard rumors that they might add Tyler Breeze um, to that and give Miz somewhat of a stable, like an entourage, so to speak, of, like, flunkies from his Hollywood group. I think that would be pretty cool and interesting and add a different dynamic to his character. And... um you know, I, I kind I thought it was funny that Ziggler had r truth as his stunt double on on the Friday night at SmackDown, but I don't think that's going to be a regular thing with them. Um, but overall, it's been okay. It's been nothing that's really like jumped out at me as far as the build up towards the pay per view and you know even tonight's Raw. So we'll see what happens. And again, I
2: keep saying it, and that's what's weird going into the pay per view because on paper, I do think you have a lot of potential uh, for some decent matches. Um, it's just, I, I, I'm not excited, I guess, creatively, it's just kind of a weird, you know, I don't look at the, the rundown and say, oh God, that match is going to sit down. I mean, I, well, yeah, it's, all of them going to be pretty decent matches. I agree. You know, it's funny cause I, I just feel, I don't know, hopefully he's on his way back up. I, I, I am actually finding, which is, is totally, I mean, we're living in, in goddamn bizarre world as I, You know, talk about how much I didn't like Raw, and now I'm talking about a Miz segment that I actually do enjoy. Um, I I think it's a good spot for Miz. Um, He should be a mid-carder. I think he's working as an obnoxious Hollywood type. It's funny. I I guess I'm enjoying that part of it. I just I I, I hope for more for Sandow. So I I like that storyline. I just... Maybe I would enjoy it more if it wasn't Sandow. I just I, I I'm hoping for more out of Sandow. Um, yeah, I thought it was funny that that our truth uh, became uh, Ziggler's uh, stunt double. Um, you know, it's a, again, it's a it's a good it's a good little mid card uh, thing. If they give uh, Miz a nice little mid card uh, stable, I'm I'm cool with that. Um, I think this this gimmick is working for him, and it's working for him exactly where he is. And like I said earlier, um, you know, making fun of him as a Hollywood type, making fun of him manscaping—I, I, I thought it was it was humorous. I, I did actually enjoy that. So it's it's a nice little mid-card storyline. It should be a decent match. I mean, Ziggler's one of those guys that uh, can make just about anybody look good. Um, so I'm expecting a decent match. Um, you know, who knows what we'll see. Uh, Tonight, you know, one thing we didn't talk about as far as last last week's RAW, Seth Rollins almost died. Did you catch that when the cage was
1: coming down last week? Yeah. I, I well, I mean, I fell asleep during main event, but I watched it. Um, I saw a picture of it on Facebook the next holy morning. Holy cow! And then and then I watched it. I was like, wow, like, holy crap! Like, it makes me like it, when I saw that, I was like. I was like, okay, yeah, he almost, he almost you know, took one to the dome, but um, maybe they ought to uh, have uh, safer ways to construct the cage. I mean, I don't remember, like, I, I don't know. Maybe like, not having
2: like, giant metal spikes.
1: I don't think, you know what they need to bring back, honestly, and I just read an article about this. Like, somebody on WrestleNews.com, there's an article. It was like 10 things that I miss about wrestling, and one of them, or ten things I miss about from WWE. One of them was the big blue cage. <laughs> like I thought that was a cool looking cage. I liked it. I thought it was cool and how they had brought it and and uh, into the Hogan Bundy storyline at WrestleMania two. And then they kept it and it, like a lot of great cage matches took place in the big blue cage. I used to love that cage.
2: They should. Or at if they brought it back for like a, you know, one special night or a special match, that'd be awesome. <laughs> like play, they rename, they let's rename Hell in a Cell to just Big Blue Cage.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Starring Blue Tista. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it would be cool if they brought it back for, like, old school Raw, you know? Yeah. And if they're going to do old school Raw, then they should do old school storylines and old school blood. And, you know, like, but, yeah, I just, I, I, now you're to, talking I, so. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I said
2: the magic word
0: for Ken.
1: Blood. Blood. That's funny
2: because, like, you know, it's, I, we're like again getting punchy, I guess. But it's weird because like, I'm looking at, at WWE.com and and you know we're trying to preview Raw and again we're fans here that that generally we're we're pretty positive and you know on WWE.com it's like they have their uh, their five point uh... you know preview for monday night raw and it's uh... brock lesnar is gonna be back and uh... you know there's uh... jericho and like there's nothing even on the five points that i'm just like oh, okay yeah that's i'll tell you like is is the legend of y2j in danger uh... i would say yes because this one is nothing good uh... brawl in the family referencing the bella jerry springer sketch does the Miz need a spa day? We have a picture oh, of Miz God. shaving his chest. And, Curb, stomp your enthusiasm. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, kinda wanna, I really want to be optimistic. I'm just having a difficult time here. But maybe, you know, like the cage being lowered. I mean, do we perhaps get Reigns and, and Rollins in a cage at Night of Champions? Um you know, I, I mean, when you look up and down the, the, the list of matches, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we have something uh, added to one of these matches. Did it, you know, it's, as we're getting ready for Raw, we're, we're being promised a fight between Cena and Lesnar. Do we get a stiff in the title match come pay-per-view time?
1: Uh, do we hear that tonight, Dave? Hear, hear what again? I'm sorry?
2: Do we, do we get a stiff tonight? going into the the championship for the championship match.
1: You know, it wouldn't surprise me, um but at the same time, I yeah, I mean, I get I, I guess you could say that we might get some form of a stability. you know what, here here's what wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me in the least bit with the way that they've been writing things is if, you know, tonight they have Lesnar and Cena you know, maul each other and beat the crap out of each other. they got the roster coming out to try and break them all up, and one guy, you know, charges after the other guy, cutting through ten people. And then they kind of do the same thing at the pay-per-view, and you close out the pay-per-view that way, which sets up Cena and Lesnar inside Hell in a Cell next month in October. Um, I, I mean, we could see something tonight, but at the same time, we could also see, you know, a little... You know, little hints dropped that maybe a third match taking place between the two, which I hope doesn't happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did. So, if if they want to add a stipulation, maybe that's how they open up the show with Lesnar and Cena, like going after each other and trying to kill each other, and then they 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 reveal later on in the night that there's a stipulation. I don't know. Um, it's very it's quite possible, but at the same time, they have billed Brock Lesnar as this like this this wrecking machine that like you know can kill just about anybody with his bare hands so why would you want to put him in a match with their stipulations where there are no rules i mean they, i mean let's face it he walks around you know his his character walks around wwe like he adheres to no rules to begin with so i mean why why would you want to put him put put him in a in a match with a, you know stipulation like a no dq or a no holds barred i mean unless they want to redo what they did at extreme rules a few years ago which was great I I I don't see the the the, the reasoning behind uh, you know a stipulation considering the way Lesnar just handily beat Cena last month at Summerslam.
2: Uh, would would it, would you be surprised if they're sitting there and like if they did something like an I Quit match? And again, it's a beatdown, but John Cena just won't say that he's done.
1: You know that that would not surprise. You know, to be quite honestly, that's a great idea and. and, and to to book an I quit match between the two of them. Because like you said, Cena won't say I quit. So now you have that where they book, you know, Cena basically passing out from the pain and Lesnar winning this match, you know, viciously. But Cena, you know, true to his word, hustle loyalty and respect, never gave up. Like the towel says, that he comes out, you know, in his back pocket with every week, never give up. I mean, it would tell an interesting story for the rest of the evening, but I think that's something that you probably should have booked a few weeks ago, considering how he never gave up during his match with, with Lesnar at SummerSlam.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, and that's just it. I mean, I guess with the way they've done and as much as I loved it, I, and I really did, I thought it was great storytelling, you know, they, they painted themselves into a corner um, where, you know, going into, you know, and, and again, they knew, I'm sure, behind the scenes, that they were going to do Lesnar and Cena again at Night of Champions, um, you know, with the squash, it's number one. Are you really going to have a two pay-per-views in a row with the main event being a squash? But then number two, how do you make it believable that Cena is able to hold his own? So it's they really kind of painted themselves into a corner creatively, and you know, I, I wonder, you know, how exactly they're going to. Get out of it, and and again, I know, and I'm talking on both sides of my mouth because I think the match will probably be entertaining. It's just creatively, it's 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 probably not going to make a lot of sense. But I, I'm curious, they're going to add to any stipulations tonight? Do we get any extra matches added? Um, you know, there's lots of stuff. But I'm I'm just honestly, you know, generally when we talk about the go home shows and we really get into dissecting. What we what can, they can add and, and will we get a stipulation or will we get this will we get that and we, we we spend a lot of time on that sort of thing. I gotta be honest, Dave. All I'm hoping for tonight is a better three hours. That's all I'm hoping for. I, I don't care if there's stipulations or no stipulations, matches added no matches. I honestly don't care at all in reference to a go home show kind of feel. I'm just hoping for a better show tonight.
1: Oh, I totally agreeable. I mean, you know, the past two weeks haven't really uh, creatively, at least in my opinion as a fan, have uh, hit it on the mark. So tonight, you know, they have to, in my opinion, they have to hit a home run for people to want to buy the pay-per-view or subscribe to the network, whichever you prefer, um, because – yeah, you and I both have subscriptions to the network and we always will because we're a diehard wrestling fans, but you know, you said to me on the, before we got off the air, if the Niners were on at night, you would constantly, you know, watching that instead of the pay-per-view. So, they really got to do something to get people to not want to watch football and watch this pay-per-view. And that's the tough part going forward the rest of the football season.
2: And that's why they they got to wow us. Thank you all. All you guys calling, in. we'll be back on Sunday. To give you your pay-per-view pre show at 6 o'clock, 6 to 8, right before Night of Champions. For Dave, I am Ken. Thank you all. We'll see you Sunday. Good night, everybody.